Hey, it's nearly 2020, um, and that doesn't mean much to me, um, probably doesn't mean much to you either, but, um, yeah, I guess, I guess it's pretty weird, I don't know, I keep talking about time, and time being weird, and time is pretty weird, but, um, that's, that's okay, anyway, how are you, um, what's, what's been happening, um, I don't know, maybe you had a cool Christmas, maybe you didn't, um, I don't really like Christmas, and that's a kind of polarizing statement to make, um, but, I don't know, I, yeah, (laughs) I don't know, just, it, I think, like, community days of, like, public celebration and stuff, I don't know, I think they all make me feel a bit like, um, yeah, I think I, I just, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not religious either, and I imagine that most, most of the people that I know who celebrate Christmas aren't religious, um, but, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know, there's just, like, I, maybe it's because I'm not with, like, my mum, even when I was with my mum, like, we, I don't know, we'd just, like, wake up, go have some food, and then, like, it was just, like, any other day, um, but, like, people go crazy, like, people go to all the sales and shit, and, like, like, wrap all these presents and stuff, and, like, oh, my, like, oh, my family, like, I'm, I care about them so much, and then, like, Boxing Day comes, and then they, like, don't speak to their family for another 364 days, and then it's Christmas, and they're, like, I love you, um, maybe that doesn't happen, but, like, it seems like there's just, and, like, Instagram, like, people, ah, people, I think I just need to go, I need to, like, this is on my personal Instagram, I think I just follow people who, like, just, you know, all of the videos and stuff of, like, the table full of food, like, it's nice, but, like, like, maybe it would be nice if one person did it, but that's just not how social media works, like, everyone does it, um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at, um, what's the date today? It's the 28th, um, yeah, I think it's, this marks six months since I left Melbourne, um, pretty much around about, um, and I thought about that this morning when I woke up and, um, yeah, it has, yeah, I need to do, I think I need to do an, an episode on time. I guess this episode is going to have a lot to do with time, um, and yeah, I think, I don't know, I don't know how much I have, I don't know how much I've enjoyed being away, um, I don't know how much I've enjoyed anything, really, um, I'm sure it would have been the same if I was in Melbourne, but I think part of my depression, um, the way it manifests is just like, yeah, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the episode I did on depression. I think it was the 12th episode. Um, and yeah, I think part of the way my depression manifests is just like a kind of consuming numbness. Um, and it makes it hard for me to kind of reflect on things and be like, yep, 
like I'm glad that happened I'm glad I did that so like I don't know I just I feel apathetic I feel I feel nothing like my mom my mom's like like are you doing much tourism like are you are you going to see stuff around London and like I told her I was like look like I just I don't know I don't have I don't have that kind of like enthusiasm about anything really um and it's I guess yeah like it's I was gonna say it's hard but like it's like yeah it is hard like it's hard for me it means that like the way I move around the world is kind of for the the past six months since I've left Melbourne like the way I've moved around has been slow and like um hasn't been uh yeah it hasn't been like there hasn't I haven't felt like a deep kind of um a deep inter a deep involvement or emotional investment in much um and that like me saying that now I have this wave of like an, um, an uncomfortable feeling wash across my body and I think it's just like yeah so all of these things are relevant to today's episode um yeah I have a wave wash across my body which makes me feel like I'm wasting my time um and that's that's really hard for me to say and that's really hard for me to think about um but that's why I'm doing this episode on being realistic because um yeah I think I think I've learned a lot about um how to kind of how to move through the world in a way that isn't self-destructive um I think I've learned a lot about it, but I, I'm not sure that I have actually significantly improved the way that I do move around and about the world. So I'd like to share my kind of thoughts and feelings with you. Um, uh, but before I do that, um, I would like to, first of all, thank uh, the people who have become patrons of the podcast. Um, my mom, uh, Maeva, um James, Muhammad, Maeva, oh, I already said Maeva, <laughs> um, Sarah and Zin. So all of, to all of you, thank you. Thank you for um, becoming patrons of the podcast. Um, Zin is the most recent, Zin and James are the most recent patrons. So thanks. Thank you to you both. Um, uh, and what you're doing is uh, helping the podcast continue and um keeping keeping it afloat and keeping me afloat because I put a lot of time and a lot of uh, energy and a lot of financial resources um, into this podcast and um, I guess yeah in in an ideal world um, I would be able to do this and not ask you for help Um, but I can't do that because like you know I need I need to eat and and so do you um and we all do. And this this is like the ultimate crisis of neoliberal capitalism. That like even beautiful personal things. Um, if, if, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> uh, that sounds like, okay, yeah. I guess to me, like this podcast is a beautiful and personal thing. And I guess if it wasn't, then um, that would be a pretty bad, um, a sign that things are pretty bad in terms of my mental health. But I... I think, yeah, I've said this many times, this is the most important and meaningful um, creative, well, I said that weird, creative output, <laughs> output, 
output output that I've ever had. Um, so yeah, please. Uh, I, I've said this many times before. Um, actually, not many times, but um, I I will never have ads on this podcast ever, ever, ever. Um, because this podcast is about the story, about my story, and about the people, the stories of people that I I want you to hear. Um, I don't want you to hear the story of a of a bank, of pay, of fucking um, what are this American Life always advertised? Fucking Express VPN, all that bullshit. Um, you will never hear, you will never hear anything like that. Um, but that comes at a cost, literally. It does um, for me. Um, so yeah, please, I encourage you if if you are enjoying the podcast, take a moment, reflect on what it means to you, and reflect on whether um, you would like to become a patron of it. And if you do, um, Patreon is the platform for you. Um, and the way it works is uh, you pledge a little bit, I don't know, the equivalent of a T. Um, and then every time I release an episode, it's like, you're giving me a T. And I, I drink tea, so I don't drink coffee, um, which is pretty another polarizing thing. I don't know what's more polarizing, saying I don't like Christmas or saying I don't like coffee. But um, actually, I do like coffee. But, you know, as an anxious, an anxious dude, it's not good for me. Um, so, yeah, that's enough. That's enough of the pitch. Um, um, yeah. So uh, I have a website. You can go check that out. That's cool. Alex.co. Um, there are some essays that I've written. There are all of the other podcasts that I've done, which you should go and listen to. Um, and what else is on there? Uh, that's it. Oh, and there's a blog. Yeah. The blog, the blog. Um, so there's like this mailing list, um, that you can, that I kind of send around and, um, you should join that and I'll send you a link to the blog. Anyway, I'm going to try and do like a blog post for every podcast I do where I kind of write some post podcast thoughts. Um, that's probably all, all of the announcements that I need to make. Um, yeah. Okay. So today's episode, what is it all about? So today, um, what am I, what am I talking about? Well, um, I, I didn't really know what to call this episode, um, on being realistic, on being reasonable, on being insightful, on being intuitive. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's all of those things, but I think on on being realistic is the one that stood out for me the most because, um, I think that is one of the greatest problems I face, um, being realistic. Um, if you know me, uh, you'll know that I am not realistic and I make these outrageous, um, uh, kind of personal goals. Um, I really don't like that word, like goals. And I, I, I don't like the kind of discourse around that kind of stuff. It all sounds really sticky and snaky and yucky and like, yeah. And anyone who's like, oh yeah, like I've got all these personal goals. I don't think you should trust them. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you, as a listener, maybe you have personal goals, and um, you shouldn't trust yourself. No, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I just, I think for me, it, it, like, it just makes me anxious. Um, it makes me anxious because 
makes the world it for me it feels like the world is being taxonomized um what does that mean um now taxonomies uh the whole process of taxonomizing the world is like one of the greatest steps that we as a species have taken um intellectually uh and socially um it's one of the greatest and also one of the most damaging because uh so what what is a taxonomy i guess a taxonomy is um a a an order an ordering of things um putting labels on things giving things titles um this is a plant this is an animal whatever um like that's obviously very simple but like you know it goes it, it it's obviously been extended to things like racial groups um you know arab uh or ethnic groups whatever arab um you know caucasian asian um uh and yeah i think i see goal setting as like um a this is this is a pretty big claim um and maybe i don't actually yeah no no um uh i see goal setting as like a a taxonomizing of whatever our essence is um and a reduction of it to these like simple categories that can be um that can be met or um failed to be met so like um what can what have my goals okay so so january 1st december 31st january 1st last last year and january 1st this year um i was hiking with um my one of my friends um it was nice because i don't know i don't really like crowds and stuff and so all the big new year celebrations and stuff not for me um and i sat down and i was like what do i want to achieve this year and i remember i wrote down i want to read a book a week um i want to learn four languages <laughs> fluently in one year um and like i see the thing is um maybe the book a week thing like that that that's achievable i think um i i like i genuinely think that that's possible i think if you spent like you know maybe if you weren't seriously like re- if you weren't reading the books in like incredible detail you could do it maybe if you were like um uh one of my one of my friends abigail she um she can read at incredible speeds um and like still process pretty much all of the information in the thing that she was trying to read um and that's a skill obviously and like speed reading whatever it's something that you can improve um and that you can learn to do um but like yeah okay so anyway my point was that like you can read i think you could probably read 52 books in a year um that's how many weeks there are um uh and what, oh, four languages okay so um i speak english uh, um i my french is pretty good um it's been it's gone up and down over the past few years and i have a rudimentary and i guess um basic understanding of macedonian i can understand uh a fair bit of like conversation um i know a few basic words um and phrases and i can kind of read the cyrillic alphabet um and so my goal the languages that i wanted to learn were um mandarin 
Arabic, German, and Spanish. Um, and at various points throughout the year, I had moments of crazed and um, kind of, like, ser- seriously, like, uh, kind of manic, uh, like, really. And I'm in manic in, like, the, um, you know, the the kind of pathological definition of the word, the, um, the kind of swings into obsessive... Um, uh, focus, um, uh, that, that I would have. Yeah. I would just lose myself in, in these things that I was trying to learn, um, very briefly. And I think that's what a lot of my kind of, um, my hobbies, I guess, my experience of engaging with my hobbies, it's kind of like that a lot of the time. I, um, I just lose myself in things quickly. Um, and then I emerge from them quickly and I make a bit of, I, I think I make like pretty solid progress. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't commit to things long term, um, and that's not good. So four languages fluently in one year while living in anglophone English speaking countries, um, not good, not not good. And maybe that is an experience that some of you have, um, the experience of setting unreasonable and unrealistic goals, um, um and. The reason why I, I'm talking about them is because things like that have hung over my head and have weighed down on my conscience um, for the entire year. Um, I remember them every day. Uh, and I think that's because I am a really, I've said this before, I'm a really destructive perfectionist, self-destructive perfectionist. Um, sometimes it reaps its rewards. Like, with academic stuff, I obsess over my essays and I spend a ridiculous amount of time researching and editing and stuff. And I don't know, it's paid off sometimes. Um, uh, with other things like, um, uh, like cleaning my room or like, (laughs) wow, I vowed not to say anything that is reminiscent of Jordan Peterson. Um, uh, but no, that's that's actually true. I like, um, I avoid my room unless it's like, at least maybe not avoid, but I really don't feel comfortable, fully comfortable in my room unless it's like manic, like extremely clean and it, not clean, like not surfaces, but just organized. And like, if I know, I, if I close my eyes, I, I'll know where everything is. Um, and I've been like that since I was young and I would, I used to arrange things in the house. Um, and like, no, I don't think, maybe you're thinking, oh, like, Alex, like, you've got obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I think these terms are thrown around way too lightly and too regularly and too frequently. Um, uh, I think that, um, I think that, uh, I, like, I, I, I haven't been diagnosed with, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and, uh, it's just like a, a, um, I guess an idiosyncrasy of mine. Um, and yeah, like I can, I can live, I can still like engage with my room when it's not like organized, but like, as I said, there's just a discomfort that I feel. Um, but these things, like there are just these impossible standards that I seem to be striving towards regularly. Um, and in many parts of my life. Um, and yeah, I guess the new year, the next, the second decade of the second millennium, um, is on its way. 
uh, we have three days. Um, and I want to spend the next three days. I have to study, unfortunately, because I have essays, but I, um, I want to spend the next three days reflecting on, on how I can, how I can move through the next year in a way that doesn't make me feel like I have let myself down. Um, and this is, this is something important. So there's an an important point that I want to make. I want to move through the next year in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm letting myself down now in the present moment, but also my future self. Um, because one thing that I, one, one thing that I feel a lot of the time is, and one thing that I base a lot of my, my big life decisions around is how I think I'm going to feel about a decision I've made now in the future. Um, yeah. And yeah, that, that is, that is something I'm laughing because it's just ridiculous. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one because I've had conversations with friends who are the same and who think the same way about the present and the future. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So I'll talk about that now. Okay. So I think, um, I think the most reasonable thing to do would be to begin with the past and my relationship with the past. Um, and you're probably asking, Alex, what does that have to do with being realistic? Um, and I guess, uh, the past is, and like my memory and my experiences and my knowledge of things is based on the past. Um, it is for all of us, um, for pretty much everything. Um, I imagine there are some like instinctual things that are also, you know, you could argue are from the past because they're, I don't know, biologically wired and inherited from our ancestors and whatever. Um, but like, yeah, um, my relationship with the past. So I said before that I spend a lot of time and energy thinking about how my future self would think about the decisions that I've made now. So for example, um, will my future self, so the reason why I wanted to, one reason why I wanted to learn languages, more languages now is because I was like, it's going to be harder to learn languages when I'm older and my future self isn't going to be grateful that I wasn't learning languages at an age where my brain was more plastic and, you know, more malleable and more fluid and whatever. Um, and even now I feel kind of resentful against my past self for not having been more serious when I was like 13 and 14. But like, what? What? How is that even? See, like these, this is the kind of thinking that affects that weighs down on my conscience so heavily and makes me feel so bad and so ashamed of lifestyle decisions and of the person who I was in the past. But like, how is that even a realistic and reasonable thing to expect a 13 year old to do? Um, and like, I imagine that I had, I imagine that I was, I was pushed way, way more than pretty much everyone I know to learn more languages. My mum is a language teacher. Um, she teaches French and Macedonian and English, and she speaks all of them fluently. Um, and my dad 
speaks English, French, and Arabic fluently, all of them. Um, so, like, there are so many languages, f- like, flying around my life. And my mum has always been an advocate for people learning languages. And she has always said that it's one of the most important things that an individual can do. Um, and I have come, I have only come to realise that as I've, as I've aged, um, as I've, as I've been able to reflect on the past and how my thinking has changed. Um, anyway, the point that I was going to make was that my mum pushed me so hard to learn languages. She was willing to pay for, she was willing to sacrifice whatever money she had, which like when I was younger, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't imagine, like, you know, how much does a single mom who's not working full-time who's a teacher earn? Probably, I don't don't know. Um, But she was willing to, like, yeah, yeah, she was willing to pay for language tuition for all kinds of languages. Um, And I was a really stubborn kid, and, like, I was really, really difficult to raise. Um, And so, like, I guess for, for, for someone who didn't have parents who were pushing them to learn languages and who didn't come from... I guess, um, a background where many languages are spoken, it might have, it may have been an impossibility for you to like have been learning languages when you were 13. But for me, it was a possibility. Like I could have learned Arabic. Um, I, yeah, I, like I could have, if, if my family situation had been different and my dad was around, like I could have learned Arabic and these are things that's, yeah, these are things that, that way that, that I think about a lot. Um, I, these are things that I wish were different about me. Um, these are things that make me feel insecure about who I am now. Um, because I wonder, I wonder what I could have been, uh, who I could have been, um, how I could have been different, how I could have been better. Um, but, and, and the reason why I think languages are every time, every new year, I, I, I tell myself that I'm going to learn more languages. It's because languages connect us with others in a way that... Languages connect us with other worlds in a way that, like, TV and things doesn't seem to be able to. And what do I mean by that? Um, so, like, may, maybe you disagree. And, like, that's... Again, like I, I encourage you to, to question the things that I say, um, because like it's more likely than not that like if you if you throw something back at me that is like strong and convincing, I will agree with you. Um, but hear me out. So the reason why I said that is because I guess I, I don't know. I just like, well, this is like obviously I need to add a clause like this is my opinion based on my experience. So like maybe it's totally different for you. Maybe you only speak English and you, you're like, Alex, what the hell? Like, I don't care about other languages. But like, for me, as someone who's, I am literally, there is no first generation Australian in my family. Like first generation, at least as far as I, I know, means that you're born in the country. I'm not born. I wasn't born in Australia. There is no first generation. My Myself and my mum and my dad are the only three people who speak English in my, in my whole family. Um, and like, obviously my uncle and cousins and whatever. Um, I have a few cousins, three and one uncle, um, who live in Melbourne, but, um, the rest of my family don't speak great English. Um, and like, I have been able to connect with 
my dad's side of the family later in my life. Um, you know, when I was in, in 2017, I met my, my paternal grandfather for the first time and I met some of my dad's siblings and I spoke with them in French. Um, and while that allowed me to speak with these people, um, to, to communicate with these people, having another language and having different ways of expressing what you believe and what you think really, really changes. At least for me, it feels like it's really, really changed the way I think about the world. Um, because, for example, there are like, there are, um, there are sentences, there are things, phrases in French that don't exist in English. Like, um, I'm sure you've, I'm sure we've all experienced the weird feeling of like being high up on a building or something and like, and, um, like walking close to the edge and being like, shit, like I could jump off right now. And like, like that, that's, that's pretty fucked. Right. Um, and like, I, I've like, I, I experienced that. I've experienced that a lot. And, and like, just like, you know, I wonder, like, I, uh, is it an intrusive thought? Whatever. Like there are all of these different psychological explanations, but like, there's a, there's a phrase that describes that feeling in French and it is, uh, les pensées du vide. Um, and yeah, like just, and like uh, the, the translation, I don't know, thoughts from whatever, um, thoughts from the void, thoughts from the, the edge, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Like it, it's not the same. Um, it's not the same. And like, you can translate it, I can translate it into English and think about it in English. And it doesn't make me feel the same way as the French phrase does. Um, and there, there, that is just an example of like, as like someone who, who like worries about thoughts like that. Um, and I'm like, wow, like why, why am I thinking that like, I want to like, yeah. Why am I thinking that like, I, I want to like, why am I having these thoughts? Like I, I am happy. Like I, I don't like, I, I want to keep living. Um, yeah. Just having like a, a, a different framework to, to, to look at that and to think about what it means has been, <laughs> I picked a really morbid example. Um, but that was just the first thing that came to my head. Um, but yeah, like that, 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 like having, being able to, th being able to think about the same thing in two different languages and have two different experiences, two very different interpretations of that one thing is very valuable for me. Um, and that's because I guess I place a lot of value on how I engage with the world and how I'm able to engage with the world. Um, and I feel like another language is another lens through which I can view the world. Um, and that's why I'm sad that like my dad wasn't around and he couldn't teach me Arabic. Um, and like I can learn Arabic now and I've tried to, in, I was in Morocco for a while doing a, an Arabic course and like it was hard and I obsessed for a while and then I let it go quickly and I haven't picked it up for two years. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so I was talking about the past. Um, Okay, so when when I look at the past now, um, I 
I am, I just kind of, there is this long blur of memories and I don't know, like, I don't really know how much any of them mean to me. I guess some are nice, like, meeting meeting people that have become big parts of my life now, certain relationships, um, you know, obviously there are memories that stand out, but like that thing that I was saying earlier about how I make decisions now for my future self, um, I guess there are some things that like, there are some things that I decided when I was younger that I am old enough now to reflect on and see whether, see how they have made, they make me feel now. Um, one thing that I really don't want to talk about, I don't like talking about my education again and again and again, but like, it has been a big feature of my life. Um, but it's not, it's not like the defining feature of my life. It's just one thing that, you know, I was raised to value it and, um, I was raised to appreciate its importance and to take it seriously. Um, and in my final year of high school, I sacrificed pretty much everything for my education. Um, and I did well, and I was able to kind of go study where I wanted and study what I wanted. Um, and when I reflect on that, I, um, I'm grateful that I don't have to do it again. Um, but I'm not, I'm not grateful for the pain that it caused me when I was 18, 17 to eight, when I was, yeah, the age of, I think I turned 18 that year. Um, I'm not grateful for that because I'm sure that that has had a huge impact on who I am today. Negative impact because it has made me fearful of totally committing to things um, for a long time because I totally committed to my education for one year. Everything. It was all I did from morning to night. It was all I thought about. Um, I've never, I haven't had, I hadn't had an experience like that until then. And I haven't had one since. So I guess that's what, that's kind of one thing that I've, I'm grateful that I, I made what I feel like was a mistake. And the mistake was to sacrifice everything that I had for one thing. Um, and I guess like there are other things, like there are certain decisions with friends, like, I don't know, some friendships fall apart and like some, I guess I'm grateful that I said some things to some people in the past and less grateful that I said other things to other people. Um, and I take these things with me into I hold them with me now in the present and I take them with me into the future and they inform my decision making. Um, but I don't, I don't hold them. I don't hold them in a way that I can be certain. Um, I can be certain or not. Mm, wait, I don't hold them in a way that like, I guess, I guess that they're just that I don't feel like there are, there are things that I've done that are so excellent or so bad that I, I think about them every day. Um, 
decisions. I don't feel like there are decisions I made apart from like these goals, like the language goals. And, but like, I don't know, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe some people have done some really incredible things, but I feel like everyone I know, I think there's one person, there's literally one person I've met who said they're like, they're like, like they're very, very happy with their life. Um, and that was my friend Kent, his partner, Ella. Um, she told me that she was like, yeah, like exceptionally happy with like the person that she is. And like, I've never heard anyone say that before. And like, <laughs> that, that has stuck with me. Um, and like, I don't know. So yeah, I guess I'm struggling to articulate what, what I, what I, how I think about the past because, um, I don't really know whether it's realistic to expect that you'll think about anything in a particular way. Um, I think as a 23 year old, I know now that, um, I change a lot and that people change a lot. Um, and I think when I was younger, um, I was a lot more convinced that things were going to last forever. Um, friendships, uh, romance, um, feelings of uh, the enjoyment of certain things that it was going to be eternal. And as I've, as I have aged, um, maybe because I can, maybe because I've reflected on certain experiences and, and noticed a pattern that like things don't seem to be eternal and, situation situations change and people change and people move and um society changes and preferences change uh, preferences change um and so like yeah i guess i guess like there aren't individual events that i think about there is like some some kind of sum total of all of these things that is not very clear to me but tells me that like that has made, it doesn't tell me, it's made me kind of navigate the world now with a kind of more of a respect for the freedom of the individual and kind of my capacity to be spontaneous because there's based on, based on my past, I think it's reasonable to move through the world in a way that, to move through the world in a way where you're not believing all the time that anything is going to be permanent um and yeah that's just me that's just me um that's just me if you disagree <laughs> as always with anything fucking get in contact with me um yeah. Okay. So I feel like I've spoken about the past enough. Um, I don't think I live in the past. Yeah. I don't think I live in the past. I don't think I care too much for the past. And I think that's, I, this is something I say very rarely, but I think that is like one good thing about me. Um, yeah, I think that's one good thing about me. Yeah, I, maybe, I. you know what, I don't even, I don't think I've ever said that sentence before. Good thing about me. I don't think I've ever said that. <laughs> I 
Um, but yeah, I think that's, I'm, I am grateful that that is something that I'm able to do. Um, I, someone, yeah, someone that I, um, someone that I care about very much described me as, um, being able to think about things rationally, um, and, and like, and respond emotionally based on that rational thinking that I had done. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm like that. Um, that that's when I first started podcasting, I interviewed the first ever interview I did was with Peter Singer. Um, like one of, one of the most influential philosophers in the world and a philosopher that I have thought about very much. Um, and I asked him how we are supposed to translate rational thinking into how how we're supposed to translate how we're supposed to allow how we're supposed to, <laughs> it's so hard to articulate because it's such a strange it's just something that's not really spoken about how we're supposed to tra- how we're supposed to have our emotions affected by rational thinking so like okay so um if if someone does something to you that you don't like, um, like let's say, let's say someone cancels hanging out with you, someone flakes like twice in a row, um, and 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 you don't know how to feel about them, um, and then you, so like the rational. Mm, okay okay i'm just just imagine like rationally i don't know maybe but they're there i don't know what this person who's flaking might be thinking like maybe they're having a shit time maybe they don't want to see you maybe they've like maybe they have overcommitted to other things maybe they're really stressed about something I, i don't know who knows they know maybe they don't even know but like rationally like Unless, unless this is, unless this is something that is like very regular and like destroying the friendship, rationally, it's like you should move on and it it shouldn't weigh you down. But like, I've had that happen to me and it has like been on my mind for like days and days and days. Um, and, and I, I, I like, I don't know, sometimes like I, I'm, I don't know, I'm not the most punctual person and like. I kind of, um, yeah, I like, I like having my own time to do things. And that's why I'm not great with like deadlines and stuff. Cause I kind of like moving at my own pace and, um, yeah, feeling as though I'm free enough to move around the world in a way that whatever, whatever. It's like a really kind of obnoxious part of who I am that I have been addressing for a long time. Um, what was my, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So like, I guess the thing, the thing that I asked Peter Singer was like, how do we think about event X rationally? Okay. Maybe this person, whatever, how do we think about it rationally and then have our emotional state transformed by that? And I don't think, I don't think he could answer that question. I think he kind of said something along the lines of, um, um, like some people are just more rational than others. I don't know. I don't know. And like, maybe that's 
maybe that's fair enough. Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe there are some. So maybe the person who I care very much about who said that to me, maybe they're trying to, maybe they believe that I'm just more rational than them. I'm not sure. I don't know what they believe. Um, but like, wow, why am I even talking about this? Um, hmm. So, ah, yeah. Okay. I remember. So here's the link. The link was that, um, I, I, when reflecting on the past and, and my experience in the present now, um, I think it's very hard to kind of calculate how our emotional states are going to be or how they are. It's, it's really, it's even right now, it's, I have no, I have a very unclear idea of what mood I'm in. I don't know. I don't know. And I rarely know. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, and like, if you know, maybe that's a, like, maybe that's a privilege. Maybe it's a privilege the same way that like, I said before that I, like, I feel like me not like clinging to things in the past too much is a a privilege. Um, There are some things, but like that being said, obviously, like there are some things that I cling to that are like, you know, obviously super irrational. Like, you know, someone said something to me like seven years ago and I still remember it. And like, it still bothers me like that kind of shit. Like we all have that. Um, but like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe like if you're the kind of person who can, who has an awareness of what they're feeling right now, they can better understand how, how things in the past have like, informed their current emotional state but I think because like I don't really I don't ever really know how I'm feeling like I don't know whether um I think I spend a lot I spend so much time trying to figure out whether I'm enjoying things or whether I'm not enjoying things that like I I I just so uh, yeah I don't think I think I am rarely rarely present as in in the present moment and people have reported this to me friends have told me Sometimes they're like, dude, like when I'm talking to you, it feels like you're not there. And like, fair enough. That's what it feels like to me as well. Um, there's a thing called dissociation. Um, and I've spoken about this before. Um, I should probably do an episode on it and I probably will. Um, but it's something that I experience regularly. Um, a kind of departure from what feel, it feels like a departure from my kind of body, um, and yeah, I just lose myself in my head. Um, and especially in like really busy public spaces, it happens. Cause I think I get so overwhelmed. I think I'm just like way too stimulated. Um, and yeah, I just rip and I go somewhere else. Um, uh, mm, okay. Yeah. So the present and the past, I don't know. Like, I guess the question that you need to ask yourself is, is it ever going to be possible to, to know how things, which things in the past have changed you? Okay. Yeah. This, this is the question you need to ask. Is it possible for you to identify exactly which things in the past have made you the way you are now? And are you able to keep those things in mind when making decisions now, such that your future self can keep benefiting the way that your present self has from the decisions in the past? whoa, that was a crazy question. 
But I, it made sense to me when I was saying it. I've already pretty much forgotten what it, I said. Maybe you should like, there's like a rewind 15 second thing. Listen to that question. In fact, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to pause this and then resume after. I'm going to listen to what I said. <laughs> okay, so I went back and I listened. Um, okay, look, I'm just, I'm just going to copy that bit and paste it here and you're going to hear it again, okay? Is it possible for you to identify exactly which things in the past have made you the way you are now? And are you able to keep those things in mind when making decisions now such that your future self can keep benefiting the way that your present self has from the decisions in the past? Okay, so essentially, I think I think that I think I phrased that pretty well. Um, maybe you don't, but I think the, the crux of what I'm saying is I think the relationship between the past and the present shouldn't be one of so in it shouldn't be one of like it should be one of criticism it shouldn't be one of um actually i'm not going to say what it shouldn't be because i don't know um it should you i okay i i want to think about my past um in a way that allows me now to make decisions about what worked for me in the past and what has since made me feel better or make made whatever kind of metric you use hopefully it's whatever metric you use to kind of measure your i don't know like progress whatever you want to call it um yeah so like think about think about stuff in the past employ it now in your decision making in the present such that your future self can be like ah your past self, which is your pre- your present self now, made decision X, which had outcome Y, which was, hey, good, positive. Um, that. So, like, may- I think that's what the relationship between... I want... I, that's what I want my relationship between the present and the past to be. What do you think? Let me know. Send me a message. Alex listens. Instagram. Contact at alex.co. Email. Um... Okay, we're at 50 minutes. Um, I I still have so much more to say. Um, maybe this is going to be a pretty long episode. Maybe that's okay. Oh, I knocked the mic. Um, all right, so the present. In the present, I feel an exceptional pressure to be productive and to be motivated and to be productive. I think I just said that. Um... And I don't know how much of this is like genuine ambition and drive from me because I think I am a pretty ambitious and driven person. And I don't know how much of this is neoliberal capitalism telling me that that being still is bad and producing is good. Um, and I've thought about this a lot this year and uh, that's one good thing that I've done. I'm trying to be positive here. Um, uh, but as, as someone who is depressed, I often slow down to the point where I, I'm not productive. Um, academically, socially, um, whatever, financially. And that's problematic because in the world that I live in, productivity is valued and stillness and stagnation 
stillness is is described as stagnation um but i this year i have tried to come to to make peace i've tried to make peace with being still and um yeah i think i think uh i think i i i would encourage all of you to think about the kind of anxiety that i'm sure every single one of you feels to be productive um and to be doing things like when I took a gap semester and I wasn't at university, I was slammed by so many people that I care about. They're like, what are you going to do, man? You're going to like, you're going to be working. You're going to be, what are you going to be doing? You're going to travel. Like there was an expectation that I was go- like, at, that I had to be doing something. Um, and I don't know, like, I just, I don't think that that works too well for me. I'm always doing things. It does. Like it, it works for me, but I just... Like I can, I can always be doing things, but like as a, as a depressed <laughs> introvert, I need to like, I need to be still. And there are things that I've been doing that haven't been, that, okay. So like, maybe there is something about, I, I don't know. I don't, so this is just me like speculating. Maybe there is something about being a human being that makes us productive that like makes us want to improve ourselves and improve the world around us um i think that that's probably if that's true that's probably a good thing i think one of the greatest traps of the society we live in today is being told that we need to do all of these things to make money in a sense that's true we we need money to live um but we don't need a $1 million salary to like, like there, there is nothing about a $1 million salary that means that our productivity has been worthwhile. Um, if you, if you're into effective altruism, which is, um, the movement, philosophical movement that like you should do the most that you can with your money. Um, like if you have an $1 million salary, the effective altruist would say, donate the majority of it to charities, buy malaria nets for people. Um, you can do a lot. You can save a lot of lives with a million dollars. Um, I'm pretty sure if Jeff Bezos, I think I read this recently, if Jeff Bezos donated 10% of his net worth, he could end world poverty. Um, stuff like that. Like, and like, yeah, what, like, what does that mean? Ending world poverty? Um, Maybe it means like, actually, yeah, I can probably tell you, you can, you probably know what it means. Having, giving everyone access to, um, water, uh, food, health services, education, um, that kind of stuff. Um, maybe that's like, that's something that is a reason that is, I think, I think that is a reasonable thing to be productive towards, um, if you disagree, wow. Um, if you disagree, if you disagree, write me an email for sure. Write me an email. Um, let's have a long chat. Um, but like in the interview I did with Grant, there was the question of whether anything has intrinsic value, whether anything in itself is valuable. Um, and I guess like, I don't imagine there are too many people that don't believe that like, a human life, um, is intrinsically valuable. Um, 
some people think that Peter Singer thinks that because like he has some pretty controversial views on um on abortion and on disability. Um you should read into that. Um if if you want to learn more about it. That was just an example of someone who people think um maybe doesn't have doesn't value life very much. Um anti uh anti-abortion people um sometimes argue that people who are for the legalization of abortion and for the affordability of abortion, um, some people think that those people are anti, anti, that they're not valuing human life. Um, these are all questions that we need to think about. Um, okay. So what was I saying? I was saying that, um, I was talking about productivity and, um, see what I mean? These topics are so immense that like, you can really just spiral and spiral. Um, uh, I think, okay, so I, I feel, I feel an extreme guilt a lot of the time for not being productive. Um, but one thing that I want to do in terms of being realistic in 2020, um, is have an awareness of why I'm feeling guilty for not being productive. Um, and if, if I feel guilty for not having released a podcast or for not having spent time working on a podcast, I think that is a justifiable guilt. I think that realistically, this podcast is something that I can, I can, I can do. And that has been so beneficial for me. Um, and so I think that that is a guilt that I will investigate. And that is that kind of productivity directed towards this is something that I will try to pursue. A guilt to uh, feeling, not feeling productive because I haven't, I don't know, like, um, what is something? Okay. So like, um, one thing that I don't want to do is one thing that, yeah, at the moment that I'm not very comfortable with is the idea of having a job that involves doing the same thing over and over again. Um, uh, and I feel like that that's just because the way my life has been over the past few years um, hasn't been like that. There has been so much change. And so like the idea of rep- rep- repetitive sameness um, just seems like antithetical to what I have kind of believed in over the past few years and what I have lived in and around. And like, I don't really know many people that do... I guess, you know, we wake up in the morning, we go to sleep, like there is a kind of repetition like that. But I mean, like, you know, um, clicking on... Okay, so like, I, I understand that like, there are certain jobs out there that require... So like, in terms of productivity, our system... The world that we live in requires certain people to have jobs like that, to do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, if individuals, this this is an interesting philosophical question, and like I, I just I can't spend too much time on it because it's not part of, it shouldn't be part of this episode, um, because there's <laughs> there's already too much that I've I've already gone off too too many times. Um, if an individual enjoys doing something okay so i'm at the moment i'm writing an essay on hedonism and hedonism i guess um 
is the idea of like it's a question of like the pursuit of pleasure and like should we ethically be able to pursue things that are pleasurable for us so like if someone really enjoys clicking the same button for 10 hours a day on a computer screen and staring at the computer screen and not leaving a desk um is it unethical to automate that job and put that person out of work if if 10,000 people don't enjoy that job but have to do it to put food on the table should we have social structures in place to allow those people to um move themselves around and navigate the world in such a way that they can find a job that is meaningful for them whether that is by i don't know going to university or something and and i, I don't know whatever but like okay okay that, that's all that i'm going to say about that um and and just okay productivity um i think i've probably said all that i need to, i need to say about productivity so like i'm just going to repeat the final thing the final message that i wanted to say about productivity so when i feel an anxiety to be productive i only want to harness it when it is an anxiety to be productive about something that i don't feel is coming from the wider broader structure of neoliberal capitalism so like if i'm feeling an anxiety because like i'm not out in the world working out in the world like i don't know studying like ferociously because i want to get a job and climb the corporate ladder if i'm feeling an anxiety to be productive like in that sense i want to quash that anxiety because i think um i've i've reached a point in my life where that kind of climbing social climbing um isn't something that i want to do okay i'm briefly going to talk about the future because um i am running out of time okay so there okay this is this is a kind of annoying thing to introduce now but like this is this is all i'm going to say about the future because i feel like i've already spoken about the future a lot indirectly by talking about the past and the present there is a french psychoanalyst called jacques lacan lacan whatever um and he has this theory uh l'objet petit a um the object cause of desire and i think two years ago it helped me um and i'm briefly going to expound the theory for you um it is essentially the idea that <laughs> okay so it seems like we have i have come full circle um uh because you, you'll see why so the theory um what he says is that when we think about the person we want to be in the future we shouldn't tell ourselves that we are going to be happy satisfied fulfilled validated gratified whatever you want to say if feature x thing x in our life is completed or realized or achieved so like what do i mean by that what does he mean by that so lacan i think what he's saying is um when you think about when okay so like he would say in terms of goal setting so like when you're thinking about the kind of person that you want to become in 2020 don't give yourself a finite goal so don't say something like i want to 
um, by one pair of shoes. And then, because like, there are two things that happen. You lose the capacity to, okay, so this is really, this is like really abstract. You lose the capacity to retrospectively desire perfection when you buy that pair of shoes and you've told yourself that all you want to do is buy a pair of shoes because okay it doesn't have to be perfection that you're striving towards it can be whatever whatever you again whatever metric you're trying to work towards Lacan talks about perfection Zizek also talks about perfection and he talks about this theory a lot Zizek really got into Lacan um Zizek is a pretty weird dude um if you haven't heard him speak you should go and watch him on YouTube um uh he's funny um people some people really don't like him um i um i think is yeah his problematic his sense of humor is really problematic and so is um a lot of other stuff but that that's like that's don't worry about that for now um uh okay so like this theory the object cause of desire he lacan says that when you're thinking about the future set yourself targets that are maybe things like languages that aren't finite because the way that you can the way that you can learn a language sure you can like gain a mastery over the english language oh sorry um like if i surely presumably i can gain a mastery over the arabic language if i work at it for a long time right but i don't think there's ever a point where like unlike buying one pair of shoes that's like transactional, right? So I buy a pair of shoes, then I have the pair of shoes. That's completed. You can't like, you can't complete, you can't complete a language. Even English, I'm still like, I'm still learning stuff. You are still learning stuff in your mother tongue, in your native language. Like anyone who says they have completed the English language is a fucking, like even, I don't even like, I don't know, I don't know, like, I was going to say even person who memorizes every single word in the dictionary, but like there are new formations of ideas and like concepts and things that I would imagine haven't been imagined by that person um, in based on the language that they're talking about. So like, I don't know, in 2020, um, I, I encourage myself and I encourage you um to have a think about the the theory because like so the, the thing that i said when you when you when you set yourself a goal like buying a pair of shoes and then you buy the pair of shoes you lose the capacity to retro retrospectively desire perfection happiness whatever now that means that like you lose the capacity to think about how you could be better because or how you could be whatever, whatever it is that you want to become. You lose the capacity to become. I think, I think that that's, maybe I just said it better than Lacan. You lose the capacity when, you lose the capacity to become when you have. So when you have the shoes, you can no longer, like that's it, the transaction is completed. When you learn a language, you can still become. You can't, you you don't have you, you are always becoming. Um, I think that that really helped me. The, that like understanding that like setting myself finite goals um, 
this is just me. Like maybe you really like ticking boxes. Maybe like some people really like checklists. I fucking hate checklists, ticking boxes, all that shit. Um, if you like it and it works for you, I don't know, maybe think about what it means when you say it works for me. Um, like what, what works for you? Like how are you being productive? What are you being productive for? Who are you being productive for? What is meaningful for you? Think about all of these things. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think in 2020, um, I am going to try and like, I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you in the next episode, which will be in the new year, what my, like what my, um, what my objectives are and like, yeah, how, how I want to, how I will move forwards and how I will interact with the future. And like, maybe that's a really unsatisfactory discussion of the future. Um, but I'm afraid that's all that we have time for. Um, thank you for all of your support this year. Um, I started this podcast in June, late June, early July. Um, it has grown and engagement has increased. And these are all neoliberal capitalist terms. Um, but as I said before, um, there are some things that are, I think there are some, I think there are some things that are intrinsically valuable. And I think there is one thing that is, um, one thing that is probably, I think the most important thing to me at the moment is, um, freedom. And the conversations that I've had with people on this podcast about their experiences of being racially profiled and, and, um, and being made to feel like they don't fit in and being excluded, um, all of these things uh, undermine the freedom of the individual um, and the freedom of a collective, um, as well as many, many other things. Um, I think that I think that in engaging with this podcast, I, in creating this podcast and in talking with the people who have reached out to me, and um, in in interviewing people, I have gained incredible insight into um what is working in our world and what isn't um and i i am a really pessimistic person um i i have been for my entire life and for the first time seriously for the first time in my life um i have gained a semblance of hope that there is um there is that people can be people that I know and um, people who are engaging with these questions seem to be understanding what needs to change to to make the world um, a better place. And I think that is an intrinsic good. I think um, the... Yeah. I, yeah. So, um, thank you. Thank you for listening um i i really appreciate so like these podcasts are long um and they're meant to be long and they're meant to be challenging and they're meant to make you uh reflect um because these are these are all the things that they do to me um uh and i just want to i want to thank you for for taking the time to engage and um i hope that 
these episodes have been as beneficial for you as they have been for me because really um they mean they mean so much to me um so thank you um i hope you <laughs> hope you make some realistic um decisions over new years whatever um and yeah i will uh i'll be back next sunday in the new year and um hey i love you all goodbye for now Thank you.